you're now locked in to another episode of Unboxing Scripture. Just friends hanging out, reading unfamiliar and familiar scriptures, unpacking truths that we can apply to our daily routine, a fun look at the Word of God, a chance to laugh and learn at the same time. Welcome to Unboxing Scripture, not your typical unboxing channel. Hey, welcome to Unboxing Scripture. My name is Brian Lowe and I am with Chris Plack and Man, I'm excited about this episode. One, and I was going to tell you this earlier, and I uh, stopped myself. You were the first person to reach out and say, I want to do a podcast episode with you. Okay. So, like, instantly I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, I uh, hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out. So, I'll do the best intro I can for you, and then you'll have to fill in all the gaps. I'll do my best. Okay. I'll do my best. Uh, so, we met a little over a year ago. That's right. I mean, as of last month, it was like exactly a year. Oh, it's an, it's yeah, an anniversary the, episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was hilarious is that morning Facebook, of course, tells you, hey, this is what you yeah. did a year ago. And we had had coffee. You'd made a post because uh, at that time you were running for office. And you were like, That's one right. of the best things about running for office is the people you get to meet in the community yeah, that you never, 100%. Yeah, never connected with before. And I saw that and I thought, oh, that was cool. That was a year ago. Um, I, and I, I had the thought, do I send it to Chris and be like, Hey, look what we were doing a year ago. And yeah. I was like, nah, I won't be that guy. Right. And then you did it. I and then like, I full, I full yes. jumped into being that guy. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's our pro-anniversary. Yeah. Oh was, yeah. So instantly I was just like, Oh, that was, so <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. I was like, okay. So he's definitely on that same wavelength. So, okay. Uh, husband, father, um, I would, I would say you are heavy into movies with your family, which if you don't know, like when my family was pioneering uh, church in Warsaw, that was our weekend. It was a movie, you know, on the weekend, trip to the video store as a family, go play outside, and then after dinner, we'd all sit down and watch it. So, like, I love seeing that. And I, I pull those moments with my with my crew. Even, yeah. You know, even though they're like 15, 13, and 10, and everybody thinks they're 20, 18, and like 16, <laughs> Uh, I still pull what I call my dad card, and I'm like, nope, you guys have no say. This is what we're this doing. Is my, this is my pick. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then uh, the other side of it is heavily involved in your community. Try to be. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. As, as much as you can be. I'm like, uh, I wonder what the next thing is you want to pick up. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this avenue of politics and faith that you don't shy away from, which everybody tells you, you should never mix. Sure. Uh, to the point of, like, the post that you had, I think it was yesterday. Now, so you're going to have to correct the verbiage here. Okay. But it was the one about, as Christians, if we're going to further conspiracy series, uh, conspiracy theories and false rumors that might hurt our testimony when we're talking about Christ to the world. Yeah, Um what what I said, I think what I said was was that um, as as God's people, if we push and propagate conspiracy theories and misinformation, how yes. can a world believe us when we claim Jesus Christ is Lord? Yeah. Um, and kind of the basis behind that is we make incredible claims as God's people. Yeah. And an unbelieving world will find that unbelievable when we. Mix that with Democrats are secretly lizard people who are drinking blood, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And those two things don't equate. 
the wonderful, amazing claims we make as Christians and these downright terrifying false accusations, false accusations, or, or whatever. Mis- misinformation. Yeah. Um, and so, th- so it, the challenge there is, is I got a lot of friends who believe both. Um, and so you just try to, I guess my goal is I, I, I try to just throw out those thoughts or questions just to say, do you believe what you really claim to believe? And if you do, mm-hmm. how does this other stuff fit in? Before I go sharing whatever it was I just read in someone else's status, there has to be a fact checked. Sure. Like the, the beautiful part about scripture, and again, this is called Unboxing Podcast, so we're going to get to some scripture in a minute here, is the testimony of time that it is withstood. Mm-hmm. And the arguments it is withstood. Like there are so many guys that talk about how they came to faith trying to debunk and find the errors in scripture. And then through that, all of a sudden they were like, man, there is a God. And it's not just a generic God. There is a God, the creator, you know, who sent his son and his son came and died. And all of a sudden they come to, to Christianity and come to faith from, from trying to prove scripture wrong. So, right. you absolutely, know, yeah. So yeah, to throw scripture up or throw, have scripture between two crazy things you liked and shared sometimes can definitely be (laughs) it's problematic yeah 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 so uh, yeah but in the same in the same sense i believe faith has a massive role in in politics for better or for worse yeah well i mean it was part of our foundation even right you know um but i do believe for me i think I, i i do believe i see a lot of people of faith taken advantage of for political gain. Yes. Well, I mean, that that's part of the political is there's a miss. I think people get to a place in politics and they miss the call of serving. Absolutely. And they begin to, like you said, take, and it's not just uh, religious people. They'll take advantage of it. Anybody 100%. for a political gain. 100%. Yeah. It can't, that's the, like in ministry, they, they, you know, I, my Bible school is called SLM, School of Life and Ministry. Yeah. And their goal was to create ministers that were successful outside of the church so the church benefited at home. Sure. So that's why it was called School of Life and Ministry was like the secondary, even though you felt called to ministry. And they always warned us, you know, uh, stay away from the three Gs, the girls, the gold, and the glory. Yeah. Those are the things. That's strong. Yeah. You know, and it was like, if you feed into one of those, eventually you'll compromise what it is that you felt. So, all right. So political talk, Bible, where in the world are we going with this? Uh, and I, I felt like this is just kind of how the conversation would go okay. uh, with you. Oh, by the way, did I miss it? You, how long have you been married? Uh, 12 years. And you've got how many kids? Two, twins. Yeah. Uh, twin five-year-olds. They'll be six next month, uh, Sullivan and Charlotte. Um, twin five-year-olds. Twin five-year-olds. Man, instantly in man-to-man defense. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, my wife and I, we, uh, we, we struggled to have children for a long time. Long time. And God was good and, and faithful to us. And we, we have these two beautiful children. Um, got one of each. You know, yeah. so, so we were like, okay, we're done. I yeah. got a boy, got a girl. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Exactly. Um, and uh, no, they are... They are my reason, man. My family is my reason. They are my life. Um, a lot of 
God used that, used my family to bring a lot of supernatural change in my life. Sweet. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's, this is one of those things I can't wax too much about because yeah. like, when That's, I start talking, sure. about my, I start talking about my babies and what my wife mean to me. Yeah. I get, uh, I get, I get, pre- I clam up pretty quick just what? To, no, that's that's huge. And honestly, that needs to be I feel like that needs to be on more platforms cuz marriage I feel like has caught in a, such a bad rap over the past like 30, 50 years. Yeah. Where it's like it's an option. And it's like, man, no, this isn't optional. I'm I'm in it right. not for myself, but for these people I've committed my life to. Right. Well, we get the, there's this there's this view, right, that marriage is like you're it's just long-term dating. And it's oh, not. That is such. There's a view that has that. Yeah. Or there's oh. the. Or there's the view that it's. Well, I'm not married, but I live with my partner, and that's just as like no, 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 no. That's no, not. No, it's not the same thing. It is not the same thing. I'm not questioning your commitment. I'm not. But it is not the same thing. Um, when my wife, when I got married, like this is it. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. And man, there have been. There have been peaks in my marriage, man. There have been valleys, too. There have been some deep, 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 long valleys. Yeah. And, yeah, my bride stood with me. Which, um, she loved me when I was darn near impossible to love. A lot of people tell you I was impossible to love. Um, and she did, and she still does. And um, that's, that's everything to me. Yeah, everything. I, yeah, it's a commitment. And it's a commitment... To love who you are, who you're becoming, yeah. and the whole process in between. And it's, yeah, there's, there's some definite highs and lows there. So, yeah, props, bro. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, in, the, in the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, there is a story of a gentleman by the name of Jarius. And I kept going back and forth. I even sent you a text saying, yeah. man, I don't know. And, you know, when we get together, if I want to discuss Jarius or the centurion soldier. And to your credit, too, by the way, you never clarified which one. No. So you left me to do my homework. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, over the week, I'm like, okay, it's going to be one. So uh, pastor at heart, m- m- pastor here had me in my Bible all weekend because he didn't tell me which one to focus it. It was like, so I'm, pre- I'm You're relatively prepared. Either way we go. For either way we go. Oh, sweet. I love that. Okay, well, we're going with Jarius. Okay. And my wife says I say his name wrong. It's supposed to be like Jai Iris or something, but I call him Jarius. Uh, just, you know, Indiana accent. Sure, it's America. I mean, we, yeah, it's America. We don't pronounce things correctly. It's no, Jarius. That's right. So you've got Jarius and Jesus. And Jarius, uh, in the beginning, is just a, a synagogue leader yep. that's coming to Jesus in need of a miracle for, for his kid. It's not even a miracle that he needs for himself. It's something where he's coming to Jesus for his kid. And the whole reason why I wanted to like look at this story is there's some really cool things that gets unpacked as you go through it. Like number one, Jarius is a leader of the synagogue. So he's like a Pharisee. These are the guys that throughout, you know, uh, Jesus's time in ministry were often combating him. This is not the crowd that we think of that he's ministering to all the time. Publicly too. Right. Yes. This is not the time of keyboard commandos yes. who are tagging him and, you know, or subtweeting Jesus, right? These guys are publicly, you know, Jesus has got the crew with him. He's got all of his followers. And these guys are coming in in his face. Yes. Telling him, giving him their, giving him their peace of mind. So, you, I mean, it's important to say, I think it's really important in this day and age 
where you have a lot of people who will say things behind who will your challenge back. you, yeah, but or will say things to you in social media who will never say that to you, yeah, to, you know, never in a million years would say that to you to your face. These guys, these guys were subtweeting Jesus to his face. Exactly. Yeah, they'd show up to the meetings, let him teach, and then try to find the one thing they could trap him up on, all the time, and often to no avail. But nevertheless, that would just fuel their anger and their rage. So you get this uh, character where, you know, he is what you would not look at as someone that would be pursuing Jesus. But nevertheless, all of a sudden now he's after Jesus for a miracle for his daughter. And when he comes to Jesus, he tells Jesus, hey, here's the need that I have. This is what's going on. And Jesus instantly says, okay, I'm going to your house. Let's go. And in the process from Jairus, you know, coming to Jesus he falls on his face. I mean, like Matthew records it, I think the shortest. It's like, I don't know, six scriptures in Matthew. Yeah. Uh, Mark really starts to open it up and says, you know, he came, he fell on his face, began to tell the story and everything. And Jesus says, okay, I'm coming to you with your house. And then in the process from when G- Jairus meets Jesus, Jesus says, okay, I'm coming to your house to heal your daughter. There's the woman with the issue of blood because Jesus starts traveling down the road and then this character comes in, pushing through the crowd, touches Jesus, and she receives a miracle. And while she is telling Jesus about the miracle she got, someone walks up to Jairus and says, hey, man, um, leave the master alone. Your daughter's not sick anymore. She's dead. And this is like the first time in Scripture, at least that I can, can think of uh, in the New Testament, where you see someone get an agreement from Jesus and things go from that moment to worse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when I first came, my daughter was sick on the door of death. You agreed to come and heal her in the process of this. Someone else has gotten their miracle and now my daughter is dead. And you've got this moment where it's like, okay, as an individual, I think a lot of the times we go to God for prayer. We go to God And we're praying for specific things. We know the heart of God, so we know he's in agreement for those things. But yet there's these moments where it goes from bad to worse in our life. And it's like, well, God, where are you? Like, where are you in this moment? What are you saying? And the thing I love, and I'm actually going to, I'm going to pull my Bible up and and go to it. Because I, oh man, I get excited. The first time I feel like the Holy Spirit kind of, highlighted this okay so here we are we're in this moment and Jairus is coming to Jesus he's in the process of receiving his miracle and there's this interruption where he watches someone else get their miracle and in this moment where things go from bad to worse I wanted to highlight this out of uh, Mark and it's in Mark 5 and it's what Jesus says in that moment because I've had those moments where I've been praying and it's like God this went from me seeing a way that you could do something here to now I don't know how you're going to show up and, and do anything. And uh, I'll, I'll back up one. It says in verse 35, it says, While he was speaking, someone uh, came to the ruler of the synagogue, which is Jairus, and who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, which that right there blows my mind because I I've feel like there's been so many times in my life where I have felt like, I had to take the news to Jesus because he must, or, or to God, because yeah. he didn't hear it. Right. And they weren't talking to Jesus. They were talking 
to Jairus in verse 35. But verse 36 shows that Jesus was even hearing the things that were said to Jairus. So it says, as soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And then verse 37 uh, says he permitted no one else to go with him except Peter, James, and John, and the, bro- uh, the brother of James. And they continued on to Jairus' house. And I think the thing I love about this is the fact that I there have been times in my life where I've been believing God for a miracle, and it's gone bad to worse. And I've often wondered, okay, God, what are you saying? And I think he's saying the same thing to me in those moments that he was saying to Jairus, which is, hey, you need to just believe. The thing that brought you to me, that belief, you need to, you need to go back to that. And, and the, the conflict and the challenge packed into the, that statement that we read over so easily, right? You know, you need not be afraid. You just need to believe. Oh, yeah. There's, there's something so fundamentally different about praying for your own health or pray, pray, praying, to, praying because of, of troubles that you face versus troubles over, in this case, health concerns that your child faces. Yes. I, I've never prayed harder in my life than when my little boy had pneumonia when he was 18 months old. Um, I mean, it, 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 I mean, just shook the way I just crying. It was one of those moments where like you, you, you read about people, you know, crying out and gnashing of teeth and you, you, you read these and you're like, Oh, okay. That sounds, you know, but to feel that, to cry out to God, heal my little boy. Um, moments like this, when you reread this, it's so funny about, about scripture, how it, it continually, um, grows in your mind and evolves in your mind through your own understanding. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so you can empathize more. I empathize more with Jarius now than I ever did. Yeah. As a um, parent, for sure. Like the fact that this is somebody that is on the opposite team of Jesus. Right. And then you see like, oh, it took his kid being sick. Like I, I often think about the conversations he had to have at home. Oh, sure. Like his wife looking at him going, well, what about that, that, you know, false prophet? What about that guy that you guys are always attacking? And he's like, well, I can't go to him. Do you realize that may cause us to be, you know, that, that's political suicide. It's right. positional suicide. That's, you know, all of the, you know, and, and then things get to a place to where he's like, no wonder when he came to Jesus, he fell on his face. Yeah. I mean, this is the same guy, like you said, was in the crowd, you know, challenging him. Yeah. Not doing it behind his back on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And he comes to him and he falls on his face, I think, trying to find mercy in a place that he's always been attacking. Or even, you know, a more maybe even charitable view of Jarius would be he didn't believe in Jesus. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't being cynical in the sense of, no, I know it's, I know it's real, but I, honey, like I can't, I have, to, I have a position here. I can't commit that kind of political suicide. No, he genuinely believed what he was saying when he was challenged in Jesus. Yeah. But his child, his baby, is dying. Yeah. So any, and, and anything. And a desperation, out of sheer desperation, he goes to this, goes to this man who he doesn't believe mm-hmm. is the Messiah, does not believe he is the Christ. But in that moment, he's so desperate, he cries out to him and says, okay, oh, I'm going to roll the dice here. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm shaking. I'm, 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 please. It's my, it's my child. Yeah. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just, just believe. And, and that's the thing. Like he went initially before this, he was a guy of unbelief. 
Right. And Jesus is saying, hey, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. And then I think there's a big lesson to learn, even not just from Jairus, but what Jesus does next. Like when we are believing God for things, and they go from like bad to worse, and you you feel like God is saying, hey, just believe. He thins the crowd down. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in, the, in the beginning of this, Jesus is like, yeah, I'll go to your house. Let's do this. And everyone's following him. And like people are still getting their miracles, and there's interruptions happening. And then it's like, oh, no, it's game time. Jesus is like, all right, no one else can follow us. Peter, James, John, make sure nobody else is following us. Jairus, let's walk together. Yeah. It's just us. And he thins the crowd down. And I think in moments when things go from bad to worse, there's got to be intention with who we allow to surround us. 100%. You know, and, and oftentimes the people that show up are the ones that are pushing and believing for the same thing you are. Yeah. You know, but still it's that, that moment. And like, if we continue to read the story, like he shows up to the house and uh, they're in mourning, like they're flute players and there's musicians, uh, magicians, (laughs) musicians uh, that are playing music. And Jesus is like, what's going on here? Why are you guys mourning? She's only sleeping. And they all ridicule and mock him. And, he looks at Peter and James, he's like, hey, get him out of the house. So he kicks everybody else out of the house except for the dad and the mom and says, okay, let's go back to the back. And it's this moment where I think oftentimes when the miracle arrives, the crowd isn't around you. Like yeah. it's, it's you, Jesus, and, you know, your, your spouse in this, in this story. It's you, Jesus, and your spouse. And then the miracle shows up, and he, you know, uh, he says to the daughter, and I, it's, ah, uh, this, uh, this is always just, because I don't have a reason for this, and if, if you've got any, anything, you can, but okay, verse 41, Jesus is in there with the, the mom, the dad, and the daughter, and scripture is interpreted already. For sure. So, like, Jesus wasn't speaking Indiana English right when he was in this but nevertheless it's written in English yeah. for me to read you know uh but it says then he took the child by the hand and said to her uh Talith Kumai which is translated I'm like wait a second all the rest of the Bible is translated except for why is this not why is trans- this one term sure yeah and I think it's to the to the testament of when Jesus speaks to us he's always going to speak to us in a way that we understand it yes like, it will be recognizable. Right. Yeah. You, you'll know that you know that you know when God is talking to you because it will be in a way that you understand it. To the, to the testament that he says, Talithi Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, which is overcome with great amazement. You know, and then he says to everybody, he says, hey, uh, which sometimes I think people wonder, like, okay, why did he say this? But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it. And he said something should be given for her to eat. And this is one of the few miracles. Like, there's a couple times where Jesus is like, hey, don't go tell everybody that I did this. Yeah. I think it was more for Jairus. Okay. Being a leader of the synagogue. Okay, I got you. Like, yeah. hey, don't, don't go tell everybody. You know, don't go, you know, shouting this from the... Right. But nevertheless, there's that private moment where someone who was an enemy of Jesus 
has now recognized him as savior, seen him as healer, and experienced, you know, God's grace and healing in his own life and in his yeah. family. And at the end of it, instead of Jesus saying, now you have to be one of my disciples, I'm going to pull you out of everything. Right. I love the fact that Jesus leaves him in this, you know, honestly, in this day and age, there is so much political power in the synagogue mm-hmm. that they would meet with the king and be able to, you know, right. get a guy crucified. And Jesus leaves him in this arena with all of this, you know, new belief and recognition yeah. and miracle that he experiences. One thing that I was, that I found when I was reading this over the weekend, one thing that I found interesting about that piece where, he, where Jesus tells Jarius not to say anything. I think oftentimes we don't, when we read it, when we read scripture from 20, you know, 20th century, 21st century lens, um, we don't have a good understanding of how time worked back then. Mm, yeah. Because like when, when, when Jesus gets to Jarius's house, Jairus' daughter has been dead for a long time. Yeah. It's not when they say, we, we, we think, I think, and I, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but sometimes for me, you know, all this happened in one town, right? Or, or, or you know, getting from one town to the other yeah. is as easy as getting from, you know, Warsaw to Pearson, Warsaw to Fort Wayne. Um, they were on the road for a while. Exactly. And so, and she's been dead for quite some time, so much so that they're bringing, I mean, it's basically a funeral. It, it, it is. It, it is. is a funeral. It's a funeral that's going on. So she's been dead long enough. She's they're dead. holding a funeral for her. She's been dead a while. And so people uh, know she's dead. Yes. It's not, this didn't happen. This didn't all happen with it. And I think sometimes we struggle understanding that. This didn't happen within a 30 minute hour long. It wasn't that he, you know, went an hour down the road, found Jesus. They walked back an hour later. And in that hour, no, I, and I don't know the time frame, but it's days yeah. at least. When he left his house, she was sick. She died. And not only did she die, but they're doing the they're, they're having the funeral. Exactly. And so that time spent on the road with Jesus, that time, and it speaks to, I think, what you were getting at earlier about when we are in prayer, when we are asking for our miracle, the time that it takes. You know, we, we all want the light at the end oh, of the tunnel. Yeah. We all come want on. we all want the light at the end of the tunnel, but we have you know, you gotta go through the tunnel to get to the light. Yeah. And that tunnel is uncomfortable. It's scary. It, it's enclosing. Too often, and, and too often, especially today, we have nerfed everything to such a point to where we don't, we don't want the tunnel. And society does everything it can to take the tunnel away from us. We just want, to, we just want the light. Yeah. But to get to the light, to appreciate and have that feeling of, what the light truly means, you got to go through that tunnel. Yeah. And Jarius had to go through that tunnel. Believing with bad news on his back. To get to belief. Yeah. You got to hurt. Mm. You got you, you to hurt. You got to be uncomfortable. You got to feel scared to get to the light. Yeah. And for Jarius, so the time spent, the time he spent with Jesus on that road, getting back to his house days walking with Jesus to get to a place. And again, so, but then, so that's why I always kind of find it funny where it's like, you know, when, when Jesus says, you know, don't tell anybody people know. Yes. People yeah. know that the girl's alive. Exactly. Well, that's all. That's all. They knew she was dead. I know. Come on. So it's like, Hey, 
don't tell anybody. Like, what are you talking about? Yes. Well, that's that's the same thing. I've always thought like, okay, there was a funeral going on. At least the funeral crowd knows this. Yeah. Like, there, yeah. But nevertheless, still, it's like, hey, don't. Yeah, it, yeah, it blows my mind sometimes because you think, well, well, he yeah. didn't have to tell anybody. People know. Yeah, people oh, know. Man, yes, true. Yeah, I love that he didn't have to tell anybody because people know he didn't have to. Yeah, and honestly, when. Oh, when you experience something from God that you've been believing for, you really don't have to just go around telling everybody. People will come up and be like, hey, what's different? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Jarius, uh, I thought there was a funeral for your daughter going on. Mm-hmm. Bro, I, I just saw her down at the park with, right. with you know, uh, Gwen or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so that's an interesting piece that um, when you I, – I, and thankfully, you know, I don't know what it means, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, always, I, I found that particularly striking, this go-around, that um, at the funeral, he tells her not to tell anyone, even though she's been dead for quite some time. Yes. Well, and to what you were saying, I think so many times our understanding of how time works when we're believing God for things. I mean, this is an entire chapter that is given to initially Jairus' story, but is interrupted by another, by another story in the middle, the, the woman with the issue of blood. But it starts off in verse 1. The miracle doesn't show up till like, verse 43. Yeah. So you've got a whole, I mean, you've got 43 down or, you yeah. know, 41 down. Right. Where the miracle takes place over, over the three verses. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. The miracle took place over three verses. However, all the time the other scripture represents is massive in comparison. And we don't have an understanding of it. We simply just don't. Yeah. Um, because time is, time is about perspective, right? And, you know, the, your perception of time, the perception of time 100 years ago is different, very different than it was today. Heck, the perception of time today. 20 years ago. Yeah. The thing about the internet, right? When you and I were coming up, when you were going to log on the internet, right? You I had didn't. time to you had time to get up, make a sandwich. Yes, you know that fifty six k modems kicking it. You know you got time before you're even on. Yeah, and then when you are, you know you go to a website and it's downloading little bit by bit I, by yes. bit by bit. I remember bit, the pages bit, bit. that would download in sections. Right. You know, and so except but, for Google, because <laughs> it was that. just the word in the search bar. Sure. It was like whoa, whoa, it downloaded. So our perception of time, you and I, just in our lifetime, has changed drastically. Yeah, what it you know we everything is so much more instantaneous now. We've lost that perception of being patient and understand Mm. things take longer. Yeah, and again, twenty years from now, when our kids are our age, right? Uh, Time is going to be even faster then, and we'll have an even harder time of understanding the fact of the concept of God's time. Ah. Yeah, you know, because because for for uh, for God being out of time, right? You know, if time you know if you have a timeline, God is above that. Yeah, exactly. And so he does. He is not. It's not that he doesn't care. It's just that he God works in a place where millennia happen in seconds, whereas we we just don't have a concept of it. It's no. just too well. And for God to be outside of time, when we bring a you know, a need to him. And he says, yeah, I've got you. And 
he sees it done. Right. Like we read scripture and we don't have a perception of time because we can see the beginning and the end of it. So we're like, oh, this must have happened in like time. Sure. You know, it happens so fast. God, why am I waiting? And it's like, well, it probably wasn't as fast as you thought. Remember, there was a traffic jam. Right. He was trying to get out of town and everybody was thronging him in the streets to the point to yeah. where a woman was able to, you know, push through the crowd and touch him. Right. And then that's literally stopped everything. Right. But we read it, and because we can see the beginning to the end, we're like, oh, this must happen so fast. And then right. you really get into it, and there's days in between the start of a story and the end of a story where a miracle happens. God's the same way when he looks at our life yeah. outside of time. He Absolutely. sees where we are today, and he sees, oh, yeah, I did this for you already. Yeah, Like, man, every promise is yes and amen, and you said this, and I was like, absolutely, I'm going to do that. It's who I am. So when you look at our lives, we are in – there, there is a, there is a very good chance that we ourselves are in process. We are miracles in progress. Oh yeah, absolutely. Something that you prayed about, prayed for, five years ago, mm-hmm. very much is still working itself out today. Yeah, I am a fundamentally different person than I was five years ago, and that I know that that is, I know in my heart that who I am today is different due to the fervent prayers of people like my wife. Come on. Um, and now, did my wife want instantaneous change right there? Absolutely. You're absolutely she did. <laughs> 100%. But that's not how it works. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but for me to get to where I am today, and I'm not there yet. Yeah. I had a five-year tunnel. Mm. To be in the light that I'm in today, I had a five-year tunnel. Um, and that tunnel, I am who I am today because I went through the tunnel, not in spite of it. Gotcha. Yeah, well, and that's the part of Scripture where it says God can take all things and turn them around for our good. It's not that God desires for us to go through crap, but God isn't going to waste any crap. Absolutely. He's like, look, man, I'm, I'm going to bring something out of this that will produce health in your life long. And I really feel like longer than what you've experienced hurt and pain. Like yeah. the story of Joseph, you know, he gets beaten up by his brothers, gets thrown into a pit, gets sold into slavery, ends up getting lied about, getting thrown into jail. However, he was second in command for like three times as long. And the, you know, the majority of his life was so much better right. than all the stuff he went through. But it was like, like, 13 years. Yeah. Nobody wants to deal. I mean, I'm just, I'll be honest. I don't want to deal with 13 years of hell. Hard pass. You know, but yet if you looked at me and said, hey, whew, man, John Brian, would you, uh, just easy example, would you go to prison for 13 years if when you got out, uh, you, you were given a million dollars every day for the rest of your life? Be like, bro. I would be thinking on that one. For would you? I, I really would because okay. like 13 years for the next however long I live. And I, like, I think that's the thing. Like sometimes we don't realize it. Like God's able to reward us a lot further than what sin can, yeah. you know, try to destroy in you. Right. God, God's such a redeemer. Yeah. And it's interesting. It, it, 
you just laid that out, right? You know, prison for 13 years and then, you know, a million dollars. Well, you know, it's funny. M- million this, a day. But a million day. a day. But yeah. it's still, but, but hold, but it's still interesting though how hard it still is because I just got done telling you that I am better today than I was five years ago because yeah. I went through trouble. But to hear you even say, would you do prison for 13 years? No. Yes. Even though I know yeah. that five years of struggle made me a better person. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so even though you threw, the minute you throw out that hype, I'm like, no, 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 absolutely not. So again, it's that, and again, what does it come back to? It comes mm-hmm. back to what Jesus said to Jerry, you know, don't be afraid, just believe. Absolutely. And here's the thing, man. It's a hard one to shake. Well, and, and it's also, what are you believing in? Yeah. Because in that moment, he had the decision. Am I going to believe in the words that were just told to me from this guy that shows up and says, hey, why bother the master anymore? Or am I going to believe in the guy I came to receive an answer from? Yeah. And he has to make, and Jesus is like, hey, don't be afraid. Just believe. And it's this, okay, I'm, and I often think like, Peter, James, you know, and John, they're walking with Jesus and Jairus back to his house. I wonder, like, if Jesus picked those guys so that they could stand next to Jairus and be like, bro, you don't get it. I've watched this guy walk on water. Right. It's okay. Like, I wonder if they were faith builders in the process. Yeah. I don't know the, con- like, the conversations that happened from that moment till they got to the house aren't recorded in scripture. Right. But- Dude, you know they talked. Again, because that tr- those distances were, da- you know, that yeah. happened for days yeah. that they were on the road together. So, so much conversation, so much faith building happened in those days that we don't, we're, we're not privy to. And you know, it, it's none of our business. Yeah. It's none of our business. What we need to know, we, get, we know. And dude, that is such a massive point because so many people want to, Yeah. We what? know what we need to know. Exactly. Right? There are things about your life, and, and I, I am so thankful for the friendship that you and I have built, and we continue to build. We will continue to build over these years. Absolutely. I am so thankful for. But there's things about you and you and your life. It's not. I don't need to know. Yeah. I know what I need to know. That's right. There's things about my life that you know what you need to know. And we and there's power in that, and there's power in the scripture in that. What happened between Jairus and Jesus on that road? It's not for us. Yeah. It's for them. It's for yeah, him. Absolutely. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. The, Just like the there part are things that's for us is there. Absolutely. Ah, yeah. Such a big point. Like, I get so frustrated sometimes with the things that are, like, even the story of Zacchaeus, which is, you know, what I first talked about uh, on my podcast. The conversation that they had at the house isn't recorded. Just the results of it. And it's like, yeah. what? What did he? Yeah. It's not for you. I know. It's not for you. Because I often, like, I've had the thought, well, God, if I knew what you said to Zacchaeus, then I would know what I need to say to other people. And it's like, no, everybody is so different. Right. And God has such and a personalized the, message. You wouldn't know what to say. Yeah. You wouldn't. It's not, it's not, that's not for you. Yeah. Ah, so good. Dude, this has been fun. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. I, this is fun. Absolutely. I love this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So let's, we're, yeah, I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, cause we've got a full day ahead of us for sure. It is early in the morning for those that are listening. Uh, you are listening at whatever time suits you. We got up at like early. My man, Chris is like a 4am or I try to be. Yeah. Sometimes it's five. Sometimes, sometimes I give myself an hour and sleep until five. Oh, I'm not there. I, I was four 30 when I was working out, but I, like I said, I've yeah. not worked out since, you know, COVID. 
you know, we just get, we, 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 in, in this day and age we live in, we have so little precious time for introspection and just, and just quiet. And yeah. so, you know, I try to make a point to get carve out myself, you know, um, because my day is not for me, right? My day is for my children. My day is for my work, my day, you know, those, so it's important for everyone, I think, to carve out and something, maybe that's for you, maybe for you, that's in the evening, you know, whatever, you know, your mileage may vary, but I'm a strong proponent of carving out time for quiet. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, so last question. Yeah, bro. Because I, I want to end it a little light here. Okay. Uh, I feel like there's some some fun, meaty content in this. That pe- I mean, yeah. Uh, but so you you uh, are into cars, I can say. Uh, yeah, I mean it's my it's what I do. Yeah, sure, yeah, 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 sure. So if you were to create a dodgeball team, okay, of cars, what? cars would be on your team wow a dodgeball now you gotta think of yeah you gotta think of your cars as now you know humans sure or or transformers yeah whatever that can throw a dodgeball okay all right i would definitely want bumblebee but i mean so yeah so here's the thing though like i'm so much more like nerdy than i am like cars so like if you ask me like which transformers would be I, I'd probably give you better oh, answers, okay. but right. no, but, but I, I, no, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bucking <laughs> the concept. I'm just saying, like, you know, like I, I, you know, it was so funny. I'm just like, you know, jazz, uh, definitely bumblebee. No, but um, so cars, cars on my let me see. Uh, gotta have the Hellcat. Oh yeah, gotta have the Hellcat. Got some, um, got some power and some yeah, some speed right there. Uh, I'm going. You know, I'm also, I'm going something, you know, uh, good on gas, right? You got to get the, that's my, someone who's going to be, you know, who's not going to gas out early on, you know, you got to go. So something like, uh, like, uh, go with, uh, your, your Volkswagen diesel going to last you a long time, (laughs) right? Going to be in the game for a long time. Yeah. Um, probably I'm going to say something along, you got to have a Lambo on the team, agile, take those quick corners, dodge out of the way. Got Um, how many people are on a dodgeball team? Five. 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 Okay. So we're down. Um, I mean, there's four of you. So you're picking four because you're on the team. Okay, great. So I got one more. Um, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with the Escalade, the tank. Oh, right. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, absolutely. The intimidation. The, absolutely. Right. The, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's my team. That's it. That's my team. That's awesome. I like it. Because I, I was thinking for intimidation, I probably like, uh, I was thinking power. So, I was thinking like a, a jacked up. You said Escalade. I was thinking more like a semi, but I think a semi would probably be too slow. Okay, and I was thinking more commercial vehicles. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. more, you know, no. uh, not commercial vehicles, but, you yeah. know, consumer vehicles because that's vehicles. what I do. Okay, yeah. I don't sell a lot of semis. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sure you don't. I don't. I it, sure it's don't. It's hard to fit them on a lot. It, it, it gets tough. Yeah. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, no, but thanks for having me, man. This yeah. was, this was really cool. Like, I mean, I got, I'll be honest with you. That was, there's, you know, it's a little intimidating. You know, you're going to sit in it, you're going to sit with, sit with, you know, your pastor friend talking scripture, but no, I, I appreciate your willingness to have me on, man. This is a lot of fun. Thank you very yeah, much. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Shooting me a text and saying, Hey, let's do this. Absolutely, brother. So, That's great. Thank you. All right. Hey, this is unboxing scripture with John Bryan and Chris Plack, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.